on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Indo-Daily. Today, we bring you an episode from the Irish Independence Real Health with Carl Henry. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Folks, on this week's show, I'm a little scared. I'm a little excited. We're joined by Hilda Burke telling us all about our phone addictions. Hilda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Carl. Am I right to be worried? It depends, you know, it, it it depends how it's, I think, you know, um, it's useful to know how much time we're spending on our devices. I think it's really, um, it's good to bring that into our consciousness, how much of our waking hours we're spending on our devices. But, you know, of course, there are people who use their phone for work, you know, and will spend more time. And when they have their own personal time, they switch it off. They're very disciplined. So I think it can kind of hide, it can obscure sometimes people's real habits. You know, how much is it cannibalizing their personal time, their family time, um, you know, versus, okay, I just need to be on that reachable for my customers or whatever. So I think it can obscure, you know, if, if, if you're using it for work and that's, most of the time you're spending on your phone, then then maybe uh, on your personal time you, you switch off. Then you know, so it, I I think it's useful to know how much spe- time we're spending on our phone. But like what we're doing on it, I think is even more insightful. You know, are we frittering away that time on Instagram? Are we on YouTube? Are we playing games? Or are we actually like maybe using it for work and and then switching off? So I think it's 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 useful to kind of look at well, what exactly are we doing? Is it you know, am I learning something? Some people use their device, particularly in third world countries, to access education that otherwise they may not be able to access. So, you know, there, there is there is some sort of nuance in, in how much time we spend on, on our devices and whether it's helpful or harmful. You know, the quality of that time versus just looking at the time. You've just given everyone who's listening an excuse. <laughs> it's quality time. <laughs> and she said it's okay. She said it's okay. And um, when people write books about subjects, they tend to write them because they, they see an issue or they see a topic that they feel very passionately about that needs to be explored and discussed. And in terms of writing the book for yourself, did you see this as a problem for, on a societal level that we were becoming and potentially are addicted to our, our, our devices? Yeah, it was coming up a lot in my work and um, my work with individuals and couples. Um, individuals, you know, when I look at maybe they're presenting with insomnia or sort of just uh, overwhelmed with work and we kind of get into that. And behind that insomnia would often be, well, you know, when I can't sleep, I'm on YouTube. So they're getting all that stimulation and then wondering why they can't sleep. And the same with work, people who can't literally switch off from work 
Well, you know, one client in particular, she was checking her phone about 2 or 3 a.m. She'd wake up and she'd check her phone because her her boss was on a different continent. So she was using the device to literally, you know, to interrupt her sleep. And it kind of completely hijacked her personal life and her well-being. So, you know, it, it was coming up a lot. It was also coming up a lot in my couple's work. Um, so typically one person would be accusing the other. You're always on your phone. You never look <laughs> at me. I, you know, when I'm talking, you're like, huh-huh. And I see you're in your device. You're not really listening to me. And um, some couples, they would both put their hands up. One couple I've worked with, we're both as bad as each other. You know, we need to tackle this because it's impacting our relationship. It's impacting our intimacy. It's, it's really, we're not really talking to each other. We're not looking at each other anymore. So I think, yeah, it, it was coming up in, in a myriad of different ways in my work. And then, a uh, publisher approached me and said, you know, it was very, very timely, said, we, we'd like you to write this book. And I said, well, yeah, I, may, I, I think it's needed. So, you know, it happened quite organically. I was noticing it and someone actually came to me and asked me to write the book, but but it was definitely in my consciousness. I was becoming more aware of it as an issue. And for those listening in, can I ask you, what are the signs of phone addiction? So you, you've talked through some of them there, obviously. So where it's affecting your relationships, it's affecting your intimacy. It may be affecting the, 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 the qu quantity of time you talk to someone when you're actually in their company, which is reducing and reducing. Are, like, as with any other addiction, presumably there are signs or symptoms for, uh, you know, of that addiction. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is it hasn't been officially recognized as an addiction. There is something called the DSM manual, which is like a Bible of psychiatric uh, disorders in which addictions are included. Um, and it's written by the American Psychological Association. And it, it hasn't. So it, it is not um, officially recognized as an addiction. That's the first thing to say. But having said that, there are addictive um there are some of the hallmarks of addiction uh, in amongst heavy phone users because it's that thing, if I can't get the hit, how do, 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 how disturbed do I feel? If I leave my phone at work, uh, sorry, at home or indeed at work and um, I'm without it overnight or during the day, how on edge do I feel? How am I craving that hit? You know, how much does it disturb my day? So pretty much like uh, 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 someone who has a substance addiction or a gambling addiction, they will have withdrawal. You know, they, they won't feel at rest until they get that hit. So that can be, that can be really felt by people who are very phone dependent. The other hallmark of addiction is we start to put the substance or the, the thing ahead of personal relationships, family, we will prioritize that. And again, you see that, like go to the nearest kind of playground and you will often see a mom or a dad that's just like looking at their device. Their kids can be hanging upside down, breaking their necks, but like what's on the phone is more important. So again, putting the thing ahead of the things that are supposedly your most precious um, beings. So I think also, you know, um, procrastination. So again, putting things on the kind of the back burner, things that are really priority for us, which is might be improving our physical health, fitness, getting a new job, you know, taking the steps to update our CV or whatever. You know, we find ourselves down a, a Instagram rabbit hole and, you know, those things that we, we said are really important to our well-being and, and to our lives, getting a new job, um, you know, getting fit, prioritizing our well-being kind of gets deprioritized in the same way that, 
if if we have an addiction to a substance or a behavior those things that are important to us become relegated and you know just deprioritized so there are you know there are some of the hallmarks of addiction amongst amongst heavy um uh, smartphone users for sure but the the like to give you an example online gambling has only very recently in the last DSM manual been recognized as an addiction so things take quite quite a while there needs to be a lot of longitudinal studies phones smartphones have really only been around for 12 13 years and they've really only been kind of mainstream adopted for for less than a decade so again it's not a long time to kind of see the knock-on effects the impact and and there needs to be a lot of research done and and data collected until something can be kind of substantiated as 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 an addiction and what is it what do we get from it so you know people who are addicted to exercise it's that the endorphin buzz i get that that makes sense people who are addicted to food or to sugar get that rush of energy when they eat the when they eat the food people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol they get that instant hit from the alcohol or from the drugs from the phone then so if i look at my phone i'm scrolling through instagram and i can't leave it down what what am i pulling from that what am i getting from that that makes it so makes me want to go back to it all the time so on a kind of biological level, it's dopamine. And dopamine is released when we engage in pleasurable activities. So you mentioned food. It's actually dopamine. You know, when, when we have fast food, tasty food, sweet sweet food, salty food, it's dopamine um, triggering. And sex is dopamine triggering. Um, Instagram, you know, when we're getting likes. When we get when we get a hit from something, when we get ah, oh, I feel good. That's that's usually dopamine. Now you know dopamine is essential for our survival. Without dopamine, we wouldn't be rewarded for sex, for for being praised, for you know um, getting recognition in our communities, for for all these things that you know actually lead us to to procreate to you know um to to have children to ensure that you know, the human race continues to also the, the, the wanting of social recognition and, and kind of praise and love and affirmation all those things as well you know makes us form communities bonds with people groups which again you know in in um, primitive times if we didn't band together if we didn't form collectives if we each man for himself living individually, we would have died out pretty quickly because we would be very much um, vulnerable to attack from wild animals, from, um, you know, uh, rival tribes. So all these things kind of help the human human race to survive. But I think now, you know, back then we, we maybe we had a surge of dopamine once we caught our dinner or, you know, we found a mate or um, you know we got recognition in the community, but now of course we can get so we can get overloaded with dopamine, you know, because we we get that same hit like getting a match on Tinder, getting a match on Grinder, getting a like on Instagram. We get so it's a bit like um, fast food dopamine. It's like it's not the real thing of like okay, I found a mate, this is great, I get to connect, I get to have sex, I get to, get to bond. It's not the full package. It's just like a little quick hit. And of course, because it doesn't really deliver and because it's quite transient, um, we want more of it. And the more, you know, you might, once you signed up to Instagram, you might have been delighted to have, you know, 10, 15 likes for a post. Now you have more followers, more friends on Instagram. So you need 100 to feel the same way you did at the start when you had 10 likes. So all that leads us to spend more time, to invest more 
on our Instagram to show more of our lives to, you know, to really, um, to maybe sacrifice and cannibalize our fitness, our health, our spending time with our, our families, our friends, our partner. So the, the kind of the real dopamine, the more kind of, um, that, that leads to bonding, to real bonding. It's, it, we're getting it kind of very, very instantly, but it's not lasting as long. The, it, it's like any user of any substance, you know, you don't get the same hit uh, one year into, into using that you did the first time you used. So you need more of it and you need it more often. So it's kind of similar um, treadmill that we're on with, with our phones. We, 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 we want more, we crave more, so we do more. We spend more time to get the same hit that we did when we spent less time at the beginning. So it's 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 kind of perpetuating that 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 cycle. And of course, the the social media companies, the app developers know this, and and they develop very cunning ways to get us to spend more time. I always thought it was my phone or something. Maybe I hadn't updated the software. Why? I would go on Instagram. It would take quite a few seconds for the likes to 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 come up, and but apparently this is this is inbuilt. It's like the anticipation builds the <laughs> the, kind of the dopamine rush. So we get more, we spend more time on the anticipation bill. So the payoff is more. So again, this kind of fuels our dependency. So there, there are all different ways to that, that, that we're being, there was an app developer company called Dopamine Labs, great name in, in based in California. And he, the CEO of that company said, you know, the top app developers, we, we've got the brightest minds in the world and they do. You know, we're up against people with you certainly a lot more IQ than I'm I'm playing with. And, um, you know, who are trying their goal is and he said is to juice people. Our goal is to juice people, to get people on the phone longer, to get them to do more, to get them to want more, to get them to crave more. So we're really like we're really up against it. Um, there's someone else uh, um, who's a scientist and he said that. um his name eludes me, but he, a Harvard professor who is physics, maths kind of discipline, he said there are two, there are two industries where um, the the providers or the suppliers call their customers users. One is the illegal drugs industry, and the other is software. You know, so users. You know, the the the, the clue is in the name. You know, we are users uh, of what they're. We're not customers. We're users. And there's another um, quote I came across when when I was uh, researching my book, which is, if if we're getting something for free, well, social media is free pretty much. There may be some kind of exclusive um, platforms that are less free, but most social media is free. And he said, you know, if we're not paying for a product or a service, then we are the product. And that's so true, you know, all that's come out about data, how our data is being used, you know, we're handing over so much of ourselves, so much of our privacy, so much of our identity, you know, th these companies know, many of them know what we're going to do before we're going to do it. Um, so they can predict our behavior sometimes better than we can. So, you know, I think it's, um, it's interesting to, 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 to reflect on, you know, how, how are we using it? Are we using it or is it, are we being used? 
or is it listening to us and suggesting things to us, which mine does all the time, which really worries me. But however, I hope you're all sitting there absolutely uh, enthralled and scared as I am in equal measures. I consider myself absolutely juiced by uh, Instagram and co because uh, all the things you're describing, I am absolutely going through. Now, talk us through the process then of 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 changing that behavior, okay, of changing the addiction. I think you've described things that lots of people would associate with that they want to reduce that, the, the, the impact of it and the addiction. What do you... Th- and I know you're going to give me an obvious answer. Presumably it's a little bit deeper than that, which is, you know, stop using your phone. But for people who are who do spend a lot of time on their phones, is there a process that you go through? Is there a way to start that increases your success rate in the long term? What do you do? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not really a proponent of ditch your phone. Um, if that works for you, I've known people have done that. I think, great, that is, it's fantastic if that works for you. For a lot of people, it, those kind of extreme measures will, it'll, you know, f- f- off the wagon, on the wagon. It tends to breed kind of a deprivation feeling. So it, I, I, that's not what I propose. I mean, I think the first thing, like going back to the start of our chat, Carl, is is becoming aware of how much time am I spending on my phone and what am I doing on it as well? It's not just like a raw figure, but I think, what am I doing on it? Am I speaking to my friends? Like, think about the pandemic. We we weren't supposed to meet. So, you know, I think if you're using, um, there was no in real life substitute, really, particularly the start of the pandemic when we were very isolated. To use your phone, to reach out to people, to connect, I think is is a really healthy thing, an important thing to do. You know, it was vital. And a time like that, without that connectivity and being able to see your family, being able to see your your grandfather, your grandmother in a nursing home, like, you know, is a vital connection. And I think this is, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's a lot of good stuff to be to be had uh, through smartphones. Um, but I think going back to if you feel like, okay, well, I'm not, it's not, I'm not using it to speak to my loved ones so much. I am frittering away five hours a day on Instagram and I feel awful about it after. Um, you know, what can you do? I think firstly, become aware, okay, how much time I'm spending on Instagram. That is a hell of a lot of time. Secondly, um, you know, what what I did when I was researching the book, I tried various things. Everything in my book, um, the phone addiction workbook, I, I tried, you know, and I live by these things. I'm not going to peddle anything that I think, oh, this is a great idea. I'd never do it. You know, I couldn't do this. So the, the one of the, the ba- very basic thing I found really effective was something called weight training, W-A-I-T training. So it started with, okay, I'm going to carve out short periods of time during the day when I'm without my phone. So the first natural thing that came to my mind was, you know, I go, I walk my dog every day, I've got a beautiful rescue greyhound called Madra, and I, I take him to the park every day for about 45 minutes. I thought, I don't need my phone during that, there is absolutely no need. So I left it at home, and I just became more like aware of, had more chats with people in real life in the park, noticed the seasons, paid motor attention to the beauty of the nature, and just was more present with him actually and you know interesting at that time we we started I started training him more I was more engaged with him and um, and it was it just became so rather than it being like oh I'm without my phone I feel deprived this is a punishment I was like oh my god look at how much I'm getting from this I in my walk to the park was was way more enjoyable without my phone so that made me like I, I want to carve out more times during the day when I'm going to be without my phone so it might be I'm going to visit a friend locally 
Um, again, I'd leave my phone at home. I'm going to meet them. I don't want to be contactable by anyone else. I want to be present. So I'll leave my phone at home. And again, I noticed I could be more present. I had a better chat because I wasn't being pinged or intruded upon. So so this weight training, like, like with I also lift weights, it, it started light. You know, it started with 40 minutes a day and it became two or three hours a day. And now at the weekend, I take Sunday I turn data off on my phone at the weekends on, on Sunday. So I can make calls, I can connect with people, but I can't check the news or Instagram or my email or WhatsApp or anything. So it's it's more mindful. You know, I, I speak to people and I have good long chats because I'm not doing the fast food WhatsApp chit chat. You know, I actually have a good, you know, phone chats with people, old fashioned, old school. So I think weight training for me was was really good, building up that muscle of endurance and actually crucially, rather than, oh, you know, white knuckling it, oh, I'm without my phone, it's good for me, oh, but oh, I hate it, two hours, three hours a day. It's like, you know what, this is actually a break. I'm enjoying being without my phone for an hour. You know, I got used to that. Now it's two hours and I find I'm actually more relaxed um, more refreshed and more present with my friends or family or whatever. So I think for me, that was a, a game changer building up, you know, and it, but if I had started with going, okay, I'm going to take Sundays off my phone, I'm sure I would have failed because it would have been too much too soon. But, you know, that just kind of gentle building up to one day from, you know, 40 minutes to a day. And during Lent, I did two days. I did Saturday and Sunday. And honestly like my weekends were like I had moments of boredom you know and and also boredom this is something I write about in the book boredom is really productive it's um it's a you know I just found that was creative I'd get through the the initial oh I'm bored I'm bored give me something to do give me some dopamine to like I'd find something to do that was more fulfilling might be reading a book might be you know, I, I'd make some art or, you know, do dig a bit deeper and find something that was more fulfilling or else just do nothing, you know, just look out, look at a tree or, you know, look down at my neighbors on the street, just observe the world passing by. So I think, you know, it's um, so rather, I guess my point is rather than it being like, oh, it's really good for me, I'm suffering, you know, it's really good. And obviously Irish with that, you know, we have that Catholic culture still, even if people, it's still there. It's like, oh, it must be good for me if I'm suffering somehow, uh, good for my health or good for my, something. But I think like I sort of, I think the more initially it's hard to be without our phones. If we're always on it, of course, we will feel that bereft but I think once you get through it it's a bit like people who do cold water swimming most of us are like ah oh, no way but people love that and they get so much pleasure I think it's getting beyond that the initial pain barrier to go you know what this is actually really relaxing this is um I feel rested and I feel like oh <sighs> you know and like and people get to know it too the more you speak to your family and friends you know initially you know, my friends, my family didn't like it. It was irritating me not being available uh, on a Sunday or Saturday or whatever. But after a while, people kind of go, OK, now Hilda's doing her thing. I, I can give her a call. I know, you know, or I can send her a text, but I can't message her on any platform. She's not going to be just there. So I think and people get on board with it because they, they it might be irritating for them. But if they are hanging out with you on a Sunday, it will be very um, rewarding for them, because I think the most 
precious thing we can give to someone is our complete attention and time you know it's it's the thing that comes up most in couples they're oh you you know you don't listen to me you don't hear me you're not you're distracted but you know if if they feel that benefit on the other hand of you your phone's away it's not there and they can talk to you and you're not being distracted it's uh, people appreciate it you know I'm sold on the weight training and yeah, really good. Very simple, you know, build it up, start small and build it up just like any other aspect of health. And it's a really lovely analogy for it. Uh, And uh, I I, I commit to my listeners and to you that I'm going to do that over the course of the next week. Talk to me about families then. So a a parent who'll be listening and screaming at me to say, oh, well, you know, my children spend all day on, on social media. I can't get them off. Have you any tips for, uh, finally for parents and for families then to presumably uh, or, or 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 is it that the whole family is just t- t- together the parents lead by example uh, or or what's the best way to, for parents to tackle this with their children? So I I'm I don't work with anyone under eighteen so like I in terms of how you communicate with with children how you train them that's not my area of expertise but what I would say is that modeling of behavior is the strongest thing you know when I work with clients and their mother dieted or had you know food issues they have food issues and diet because they saw mummy doing it and you know even if mom is trying to hide that they it, it, it'll 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 get absorbed and it's the same with phone use you know I think parents who are trying to say get off your phone put it and they're always on their phone it's like kids are like rightly going well hang on a minute you know, how many box sets have you watched last night? So I think that, the, 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 you know, like, so if I have a client who is complaining about the kids are on the phone, I won't explore their use so much. I'll go, what about your own use? What are you doing on your device? And then usually go, mm, probably spend too much in it. So we try and work on that. So then usually, you know, at least they're modeling something good for their kids. They're setting up good boundaries um in terms of dinner times or whatever meal times family times when devices are put away and that the parents lead it it's not like getting the kids like the parents are modeling it and they're sticking to it because that's that's what will stick you know that that's what will get absorbed is what is mom doing what is dad doing and that's kind of soaked up by osmosis by kids so i think that's that's the crucial first step is to kind of well what am i doing you know um what am I showing to my kids? What am I what am I modeling to them? And I think that that's a really big first step to get that right yourself. Um, Again, it's a great analogy. It brings it right. You know, it's like every other aspect of health and, and changing your use of, of your phone is exactly the same from what you're saying, which is great. Remind me again of the name of the book and where can people find you online and on social media if they want to do it while they're mindfully using their phone? so um the book is called the phone addiction workbook and um i believe in ireland it's stopped by uh dubray books and hodges fidges at least it was the last time i checked if not then there is the um i think it's on eason's online and it's on amazon as well online um what was the other question and where can people find you if they want to touch base with you so i'm on instagram only check it occasionally. Um, <laughs> uh, Hilda underscore Burke, B-U-R-K-E underscore psychotherapist. Fantastic. Hilda, it's been great to talk to you and I promise I will put those guidelines into place over the course of the next week and beyond. Folks, that is it for this week's episode of Real Health. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.